0: Welcome to Complete Edition, the podcast between a PlayStation Trophy Hunter and an Xbox Achievement Hunter. This is episode 42.
1: I'm your host, Compulsive Nerd, and I'm joined by AJ. How are you doing, AJ? I'm doing well. I've uh, I've been having a pretty good week, feeling pretty good. I will say, I don't know, things have been so busy and like, I don't know if turbulent is the right term. Everything's going well, but I've, I've definitely felt kind of uh, stressed and a bit overwhelmed recently, so... I'm hoping to uh to take a break over the next few days, which will be quite nice to uh to kind of reset. But I'm also getting much more excited about gaming. Like I've not played too much recently, but in September when when Starfield and Payday 3 come out, I'm hoping to play like uh, an absolute ton of both of those. So
0: Yeah, I totally understand. Like I don't know what happened to me. It was like in the past two weeks. But I mean, I'm looking ahead at the gaming schedule and I'm like, oh, this is what I want to play. And this is coming out. And so I'm like, I'm like trying to hit these deadlines and I'm not trying to rush through games. I actually am trying to rush through one right now, but I'm not trying to like overrush myself. But the thing is, like in four days, Phantom Liberty for Cyberpunk comes out and I'm going to be on that like I'm day one. Well, not day one. I'm waiting to see if it's like bug free, but then I'll be on there day one if it's <laughs> bug free, <laughs> like because they lost our trust. But, you know, like th- it's coming like this. This gaming season is awesome. And uh we've been kind of a little bit like on pause because you and I both have been busy, but it's like gaming didn't stop, man. It was like hype the entire time. Like games are coming out and they're really good right now. So it's like really exciting. And I I don't know if I'll play Starfield, but I'm like looking forward to trying it out, you know?
1: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I picked up the, uh, the Starfield controller. I'm hoping I can just get like super into it. I don't know if you've seen the Starfield Xbox controller. I I really love how it looks. It's very nice. Yeah. I love that design. I love the, uh, the art direction of that, that game based on what's been shown so far already as well. So yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, it's been tough, I guess for me, like, Think because I'm so much more busy, I, I don't really know what it is, but it's been like, there's a few games I'll talk about it when we talk about what, what we've been playing, but I think the games I've been playing are kind of mid or kind of don't really demand like much of your attention or immerse you particularly well, except for, for one, I think, I think there's an exception, but it's been quite difficult to like be able to switch my brain off, I guess, and be able to like reset from work or like my anxieties and worries and like get sucked into a game. You know, when like, if like half of your brain is like somewhere else while you're playing, you just, you just don't have fun or at least I don't have fun at that point. It's similar when like you read a book or watch a film or something like you need to be fully invested in it mentally or mostly invested in it mentally yeah and the best feeling is like when you play a game and the time just disappears right like you just you like blink and it's it's like six hours later like that feels amazing if it's so good um, it is to be so sucked in and there's kind of a sliding scale where like there's some games you play either the fault of the game or how you're feeling and you like you play for 30 minutes and it feels like four hours and you're like, what the hell? Like, like, what am I doing here? Um, so I think it's been difficult for me on that level to get super into anything in terms of games. And I noticed that I've been playing more co-op and competitive stuff. Cause I think like co-op you're talking with other people and that's like, like part of it is the social component. And then like competitive multiplayer, you sort of have to be focused. Like it kind of forces you to be focused and like really, I don't know, like, but like I play a lot of Counter-Strike and you just like, you have to be properly like on it all the time while you're playing. And I think being forced to do that, like it, it helps in some sense. But yeah, other than that, it's been quite tricky for me to, to get crazy invested in games, but I still love games and I still think about games and I still read, you know, everything to do with games and follow games. Like nothing's changed. I think in terms of that, it's just that I think maybe there's, there's more that I seek out of life now. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how to come to terms with it. I still am. I think, I mean, it could just be like an extended session of like being burned out as well, but I I don't really think so. I think it's more, I'm struggling to, it's, it's almost like games aren't active enough. Like like if you go for like a run or if you go cycling or I don't know, like if you, even if you like go to the cinema or something like it, it puts you like physically like in a place or it gives you like a physical activity in some sense that like you, you then can more easily like devote all of yourself to it. Whereas with kind of casually doing stuff at home, like with games and and films there and, and TV, it's, I think more difficult. Like, I think there's, there's more of a barrier to it weirdly, like, like psychologically more of a barrier to it rather than like a physical barrier. Like it's, it's a lot easier physically, but yeah. So that, that's kind of how I've been feeling at the moment. It's, it's very interesting that you're going through that. Cause I'm going
0: through the same thing. And I think that you might be further along in the process of, of like processing it. Cause like for me, I'll sit down and I play games and like my brain goes to places I don't want it to. And I'm sitting there like I'm like, I just want to play this game and like focus on this game. Like, can you please brain focus on the game that I'm playing? Like, all I want to do is be immersed in this and like do that thing where, like you said, where it's like six hours disappear and it's awesome. But like I've been trying to like force myself to do it because part of me feels like I'm losing a part of myself with without video games. Like, it's been such a large portion of my life. And, like, it's something that I deeply, truly love. And if I don't love it anymore, like, what is it then? And so, like, I haven't really, I don't think that it's that I don't love it. I really do. It's just that I have a lot going on and I'm trying to figure out how to, like, just escape from, again, like the stresses and, like, the, like you said, when you bring home work and, like, things like that. And it's just like you sit down and your brain's elsewhere and I don't want it to be elsewhere. I do want it to be with the games that I love. And so it took me a while and I actually am getting back into it. It's like a slow process. But like, I'll talk about the games I have, but there's not very many for the for the three month hiatus that that we were on pretty much is like, I didn't play more than like six games. So it was like a very slow burn, like trying to like stay on top of things. And And I'm just like kind of, I'm getting back into it and like I'm very I'm going to spoil a little bit about what I'm going to talk about but I'm very close to the end of uh, Final Fantasy 16 and I mean the second time so it's my like my platinum playthrough like as soon as I finish the credits it will pop the platinum and I'm like I'm right there and then I'm headed on to the next thing because again there's four days until Phantom Liberty so I'm like I am focused and I'm like on it but then school starts next Monday so it'll be back in that grind of like I come home I study I make dinner. And then maybe I come back and play games until I go to bed. But at that time, it's like, man, I studied all this stuff and I know tomorrow I have a test and it's just like, boom, all of a sudden I'm thinking about tomorrow and like what I have to be doing rather than playing the games that I want to be playing. So it's very difficult to like get that kind of focus that you're that that you're talking about. So I I understand where you're coming from with like the idea that like you sit there and your brain's somewhere else. And so what I've been it's been nice with my second playthrough of Final Fantasy, because like. I don't have to pay attention. I can just grind it and listen to a podcast and like get my brain somewhere else that way. Or I can listen to music or I can like do something. So that's like a little bit of a grindy one too. But I'm also on the same page as you and actually something I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But like I'm taking a turn and I think I might play some more like competitive games to spend time with my friends and like co-op games because I really... I, I'm missing that aspect of my life right now because I'm so entrenched in everything I'm doing. So like yeah. it I want that that aspect to come back and I love single player games. I'm never going to stop playing them. Like I really do love video games to like, like it's a core part of me. So I'm going to continue to play video games for the rest of my life but it's just like, we're I'm in a little bit of a rough patch and I just have to, and it's weird because again I'm talking about 2023 is an awesome year for video games. Like it's been really fun and just like you said, I'm like absorbing this stuff. I'm listening to spoiler casts and like I'm listening to people enjoy the video games of this year and like I'm I'm around the zeitgeist and, you know, the rumors with Baldur's Gate 3 right now and like the devs trash talking each other and like the drama around it. It's like I'm totally here for it. Like I I think it's fun to like, you know, be entrenched in this industry. And so, you know, I'm just like, in a very weird place but I feel like I'm coming out of it like I'm getting back into games again and I think that maybe it's because it was summertime and I was out doing a lot more things and like you know I like I'm going to a baseball game tonight so I won't be playing games it'll just be like another one of those nights and then I gotta go to work tomorrow and so then it again the cycle continues where it's like game time is minimalized and and I like am trying to find a way to fit it into my schedule
1: you know yeah so I noticed for me like the last time I think it was the last time we recorded, I got like I got so into I I'd, I'd played Callisto and then SpongeBob and then Dead Space remake and then Inscription like back to back to back. And it was incredible, like especially Dead Space and Inscription. So I think I, I, I feel like when I play something that's truly incredible or that I'm like very, very much into, I think. I think that will be enough. I just think that right now, and maybe it will stay this way, maybe it will change. And I'm, I'm not really putting pressure on myself again. Like like you, you described it as a rough patch, but I, I try not to kind of see it that way just because I feel like, you know, like I never want there to be this pressure, especially with something that's meant to be like entertainment and something you do in your, your free time for, for pleasure and, and relaxation that, I kind of, I kind of don't want to have like almost, I know you didn't mean it in this way, but I don't want to feel this pressure of almost like a sort of having like a toxic kind of relationship with gaming, I guess, in terms of like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I think that can happen with me with like deadlines and stuff like, Oh, I need to finish this game by this point or or that kind of thing. Or, or, or I need to make, so, you know, sometimes I, I make videos, uh, video guides and there's that pressure. And, uh, that can that can I want to kind of avoid that as much as possible. I think yeah, at least, and I think at least that feelings.
0: I think yeah. that that's valid. Like, kind of what I was explaining, and like that kind of toxic relationship. I think is valid to see it that way. But for me, what happened was, like you know, in a way, I'm kind of forcing myself to play games. Right. This is kind of like because I, I want to get back in the groove of it, and I realized even though I'm forcing myself to do it. I had these conversations with some friends of mine that I just recently met um, within like the past two months. And I realized how passionate I got again about talking about the games that I'm playing. And I'm like, even though maybe I don't feel it, this could be depression. This could be all kinds of like outside factors. But it's like, even though I don't feel like I'm enjoying it, it's like whenever I get, when I start to like, Role about what I was doing and like I start to get really like happy and passionate and I'm like oh I maybe I am enjoying this game but it's just like my body is not feeling it it's a very strange feeling and like I'm again this is something I'm working through with video games so it's like it's not a it's not exactly toxic that I'm trying to it, I mean it comes off that way definitely but it's like because I'm forcing myself to play them but it's like I I am still happy with them and like I'm So excited about this year of games, man. I just loved Final Fantasy 16. I was in love with that game. And I again, I played, you know, Resident Evil 4 earlier this year. That was like one of the last games that we talked about on the last show. And I played Dead Space before that. And you know what? I just started uh Callisto Protocol. I just wanted to compare it to Dead Space. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start it. But that's like it's been weird with that game because like I can't get into it, man. I don't know what it is. And like I what I actually think I'm going to do is restart it and I'm going to like play with a guide. I think that like just collectibles and like seeing the game is more important to me than like trying to do it okay. naturally and all that stuff. Marco like, has
1: a, a really good guide for that. Like a, it's like a yeah. complete walkthrough, I think pretty much so.
0: Yeah. And there's they added so many trophies post launch, dude. Holy crap. I think there's like eight or nine DLC like expansions that are just like trophies yeah we
1: we talked about it before you don't want to do some of the uh the update trophy stuff no I mean maybe maybe you'll love the game and you will but it 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 takes like a lot of additional playthroughs and the game isn't kind of good enough to Mm -hmm. warrant it in in my opinion Um, I'm with that
0: opinion even though I've only played for like two hours it's that's why I want to restart it's like dude I would rather just like try to knock out some trophies and like, have fun with this game, rather than, like... Because, like, the, the presentation and the story and everything like that are great, but then when I'm playing it, I'm like, god dang, this is a boring-ass game. <laughs> like, it,
1: I wish yeah. that things came faster. I think it's funny, something funny about that game is that your character's really slow and the game doesn't really just... Like, he, he moves kind of similarly to Isaac in Dead Space, but in Dead Space he's got, like, this, like, big power rig on, and towards the start of Callisto, you're just like, you're just like a guy, right? Like, like, why is he so, I don't know. It feels, yeah, it feels like he's a bit more like sluggish than he should be. I I don't know. But except for the dodging that, but the dodging is, is like, it's a bit clunky in the sense that like, it looks very fluid animation wise, but it's very much like you are either in like, a non-dodge state and then in a dodge state, like it's very binary and it kind of feels a bit clunky to me in that sense. Like you don't have like when you dodge, you don't have like free like any free movement, right? Like it's like you go from like one animation state to another animation state and you're just like locked into it, basically. Like, yeah. But no, that that game's okay. I, I thought it was pretty good overall, I guess. Um I'm I'm quite conflicted on it, but yeah, restarting. It's maybe good. I, I'm not surprised. It didn't like grab you. I'd say that because it's quite short and it does vary things up, uh, relatively quickly. I think the start's probably the slowest part of the game. So I think there's a chance it does grab you. Cause it, it only has to grab you for like a little bit, right? You don't have to play it for like 40 hours. You can just play it for like six and you'll be done with the game pretty much. So, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's probably pretty good, but I, I'm not surprised it hasn't fully sucked you in.
0: But there's other games that have. Because, like, Free 2 just came out. And that game, like, from beginning to end, had me sucked in. And I replayed it two more times to get the Platinum. And honestly, dude, that was a little bit of a grind. And, like, one of those things where it's like, man, I was just ready to be done there's like games where again this is something that we've talked about before but it's like man i just can't do these like waste my time doing that stuff anymore not unless i have like a podcast to listen to or something like that which i did actually i was i i I remote played the game while i was on on the go and so i just let the conversations go while i did other things and then i came back to it like went continued the story let it play for a little bit did things and like just very much a background type of thing but it was still like that game the, the first time I played through it, like it's stuck, it's going to stick with me for a very long time. Like it was very good. I think I like it more than the first one. <laughs> but like that's the, that's the game that actually got me rolling back in because I finished Jedi Survivor and that took me straight up like two months to finish. I just was so slow with it. I'm like chipping away and my friend's like, you're still not, you know, my best friend was letting me borrow it and he's like, you're still not done with it? Like how? It's been two months. Like it's not that long. It's like, 40 50 hours and so i was like yeah i don't know but i i thoroughly enjoyed it like it was awesome and it got me it like made me want to get back into star wars which is like a good thing but also a bad thing because i know that they're not like the ip is just kind of trash and but the game was good enough to where it's like man that was better than the entire like new trilogy and I'm so excited that, that like Star Wars actually is that good. That makes me excited for more Star Wars games because now the IP is being like dished out to different studios. But like it was very, very fun. And so then I went Toxin Free 2 and then I, I finished that and I was like j- just all I did all the time was Final Fantasy 16. And that was a hell of an experience. Like that was really good. Even though that that game I was struggling a lot with like staying in, like staying immersed. But Yeah, I I totally I it's crazy that we're like on that same page right now, you know, with with life where it's just hard to keep our brain focused on what we're doing.
1: Do you think that you're going to take a a hiatus from games like maybe a a big break? I mean, I kind of have in a sense like the last game on Xbox that I played. I played on the 18th of June, so you know, it kind of has been, but I've been playing Counter-Strike pretty regularly and I've been playing Don't Starve Together. Um, oh, nice. I still want to play that. As well. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I think I've probably racked up like maybe 30, 40 hours in it now. Um, wow. Play, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Counter-Strike, a lot of uh, Don't Starve Together. It's been really good to play CSGO with a, with a friend, like reconnecting over it. It's been funny to like joke around and neither of us take it that seriously because we kind of played it the most seriously we played it was in 2015 where we'd play kind of like every day or like every weekend and we'd rise up the ranks and we'd get like really high, like, and we'd learn like smokes and like tactics and, you know, it wouldn't just be about going around, you know, shooting the other guys, that kind of thing. But now we're, like, I don't know, washed up, we're busier, we're, we kind of don't give a fuck. It's it's kind of nice to go down the ranks and, like, just play really casually and just, you know, like, be in a voice call and, like, make fun of teammates or enemy players or, or whatever, just... Or whenever we make dumb plays, make fun of ourselves, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I've also been playing Don't Starve Together. Uh, it's been really good, the co-op experience. Like, it's nice talking shit. It's nice sucking at a game as well, I still don't really w- read the wiki or like watch guides uh, until I have like no idea what I'm doing at all. The person who I play with, she's so much more experienced with the game and it's, it's nice to be like, I think it's easy for us perhaps because we're so into games to kind of obsess over them and kind of try to min-max everything and try to like get absolutely like every last piece of like juice out of a game like and i think that can be a bit off-putting when you're playing with someone who's um, a bit more casual Um, because you don't want to like race ahead of the person or you don't want to have like completely different attitudes towards the game I think. So it's nice to kind of be like the noob, I guess, like to just be like the dumbass and just be like an idiot and, and, uh, and, and not really know what I'm doing. So that's been fun. We discovered recently that I'd been, you can get caves in the game and, uh, go like underground. And for weeks we've been trying to look for where the opening to these caves are. And I've scoured so much of the map looking for it. And then I realized when I generated the world, all caves are like off and not generated. You have to select it in like a menu. And I was, when I first made the world, I wasn't sure what it was. And it was like warning, like if you generate caves, your computer needs to generate multiple worlds at a time. And I was like, so so I didn't do that initially. See, I felt pretty stupid in terms of that. So we've, generated a new world no sorry I've, I've gone back and um added caves to the current world so so that should be fun next time uh we play that but yeah th- those have been really good in terms of what else i've been playing if i can if i can go into that i feel like yeah go right ahead dude it we're flowing yeah i've been playing a ton of chess i don't know if last time i'd got to a thousand rating or not but i'm well over it now Uh, I actually got to 1100 rating and then I've like got above it and then lost it and then got above it and then lost it and then got above it and then lost it basically. So I'm right below it again. Now (laughs) it's getting really difficult because everyone you play against now knows what they're doing. And everyone you play against has dedicated a lot of hours to chess at this point. So there's like, you know, there's some easy games where people make a mistake early But for the most part, like you're, you're playing against serious chess players at this point, people who have played for, I mean, most people at this level have probably played for years, whereas I've, I've played for eight months, I guess. Um, but like I've, I've played very actively for eight months. Like I've, I've, I wish there was a way to know how many hours I'd put in, but I've played it very consistently, like played at least one game every week since december so like since christmas basically so and usually more than one a week like usually about like 10 20 games a week at least so uh yeah it's very competitive it's very fun i still play it quite casually at this point in terms of like my rating like i think it's best and from listening to like grandmasters and and like people who play chess on YouTube and Twitch and tutor people, a lot of what they say is like, you know, do puzzles to study tactics, but then also just play a lot, like just, just play and then make mistakes and then learn from the mistakes and, you know, play against people with different styles, play against people with lots of different openings, you know, learn an opening really thoroughly, that kind of thing. And just kind of play, play, play and analyze the games after you play and that that's helpful for me and that's kind of the attitude i take like i don't make each game like a big event like oh i've got to you know i've got to win and i've got to be in the right you know mentor and i've got to you know drink my red bull or something like i've got to like, there's no you know I've, I've got to like you gotta be a sweaty gamer dude yeah, I've got to to and all that. yeah no there's you know it's like you know, sometimes I'll wake up and be groggy and I'll play chess and it's fine. And sometimes it'll be late at night and I'm really sleepy and I'll play chess and it's fine. Sometimes I'll be busy at work and I'll play chess and (laughs) have to resign the game like, uh, 15 moves in, but you know, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm not like super focused or worried about rating. It's just nice seeing it like go up and up and it's kind of been going fluctuating up and down a bit, but I know that eventually I'll get good enough that people at this level, like, like, I'll be so, consi- like, eventually I'll get consistent enough where, like, it shouldn't matter too much that there's this, like, variance in my uh mentality or, well, not mentality, but, I don't know, like, alertness or, like, mentally being, I don't know, fully, fully super committed, like, in... Would, would, would you call it, like, focus? focus? Like, yeah would, like your i think focus is not there although i think every time i play i'm, I'm somewhat focused but i don't know like I, I think eventually i'll get consistent enough that it kind of won't matter at this rating like at this rating level there's still like everyone's still making mistakes it's just the mistakes are more subtle is typically the thing like there's less blunders and it's more like oh you shouldn't have you shouldn't have like a pawn at this time because it creates a vulnerability in like three moves time or something like it's that those kinds of mistakes typically can cost you games but i mean not even that subtle i don't know somewhere between that and a blunder i guess typically but and it depends on how complicated the position is as well if if both of you make the position very very complicated You kind of both start playing like idiots, like when you analyze it with a computer afterwards. Like, your accuracy goes. Like, if you play very, like, safe and very controlled, and your opponent does, I'll have games where I get, like, a 92% accuracy rating, and they get, like, a 90% accuracy, or, like, I get, like, 88 and they get 90. And, you know, it doesn't mean we're both, like, god tier chess players. It just means that the position is kind of so simple that it plays itself in many ways. And you can get the opposite of that where like the position is so like complicated and fucked up that you both have like a 30% accuracy in the computers. Like by like every single movie, make the computers like question marks, like what are you doing? Um, so it, it's fun seeing, seeing that in chess as well. Really enjoying that. I also have, so I didn't know where to mention this, it's definitely not a video game, but I've been learning to drive. So that's been good. Ooh. Been enjoying that. I know it's not... So what's weird? I don't know. I don't know if weird's the right term, but an observation is that in the US, most people drive automatic transmission, as far as I know. Yes. Um, whereas in the UK, almost everyone drives manual. So I've been learning in a manual car. It's definitely more difficult than automatic Cause you can stall the engine like yeah. quite easily. And you have to worry about changing gears and you have to worry about your rev counter and all of that type of thing. Uh, you have to like have like very smooth clutch control and um, like know where the biting point is. And like, it can be awkward to start on Hills and stuff like that. Like there's, there's some added complexities to driving manual, but I've been really enjoying it. I'm going to do my theory. I'm going to make an attempt at my theory test in a few weeks time, and then hopefully book my practical test by probably just after Christmas. And then hopefully I can drive. That would be good. But I'm kind of at a level where I can go on all of the roads and I can do like, uh, junctions and roundabouts and, you know, do like hill starts. I can do parallel parking. I can, you know, do bay parking, all of that. Uh, type of stuff. I'd say I can probably drive. So my lessons are two hours long. I can probably drive uninterrupted for like twenty to thirty minutes without making a mistake. And by a mistake, I don't know, like like a mistake that would probably mean you fail the test, but not a mistake that's like life threatening or yeah, not like yeah. oh, I went into like the oncoming lane at seven yeah, miles an hour, like nothing, right. nothing like that. Just like oh, you, you, you know, you like took that turn in like third gear when you should have been in second gear or something, or like you, uh, you like rolled back very slightly or you sort of nudged the curb with the wheel when you were trying to park like that, that kind of thing. Um, I guess, or like I, I drifted a little while, while focused on something else or I went up the gears too slowly or I didn't notice the, that the speed limit had increased or, or something or, in the wrong lane at like a roundabout that kind of thing. Like, um, yeah, nothing that would be like, like if you were driving on the road, you'd not like cause a crash or anything, but it's like, not the, the best driving. In fact, it's pretty like pretty, pretty bad driving, I guess. But so I can go like 20, 30 minutes without making a mistake like that. The driving test in the UK is typically like 40 to 50 minutes, I believe. And I still have difficulty at the, at the more challenging sections, but yeah, it's stuff like, like on my recent lesson, my instructor wanted me to turn into like a car park, but it was like the car park you turn in on, it's like on this main road and the main road was also going down a hill. So I was like conscious of, I was like, I don't want to stop before the turning because then that slows down traffic. Like you want to, you want to take the turn smoothly while still going. Um, cause you're turning off the main road, but I kind of misjudged it. Like I slowed down, I went down from third gear to second gear, but because I was on a steep hill, it meant that I was going like, I'd almost in my brain, I was like doing it as though I was on like a flat road. So I ended up taking the turn at like 16 miles an hour ish, which again, it's like, it's not terrible, but I'm not good enough at the steering and the angle and that speed to like have that be really smooth. So, you know, like I make mistakes like that essentially sometimes where I'd need to like there, what I should have done is slow down even more, gone down to first gear instead, and then taken the turn at maybe like 10 miles an hour or like eight miles an hour or something. So I don't know, like it's, it's stuff like that. It's just kind of getting used to using the the judgment a bit better and understanding the terrain and the conditions and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's going quite well. I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like I'm gaining in confidence every lesson as well, which is nice. And yeah, it's cool to drive manual. I think there's something very like, um, I don't know if um, textural is the right word, but like there's something cool about having like a gear stick and just being like. Yeah, dude, You you ha- you're probably becoming a better driver than
0: I am and I have been driving for 10 years, I do not know how to drive manual. And the thing is like, it's so much more engaging to drive a manual because you have to focus on a lot of different moving components while you're driving. And I think that people who drive, <laughs> people who drive automatic get distracted because there's nothing to focus on. Like you are, like you just press the pedal and it goes and you press the brake and it stops. Like that's it. Like Yeah, something
1: that was surprising to me in my very first lesson was that I think it's because the car I'm in automatically provides some gas when you're in gear, but the clutch on its own will move the car. Like if you press the clutch down, get into first gear and then find the biting point, which is where, so like you press the clutch all the way down to put it into gear. And then you sort of bring like your, your foot like halfway up the, the clutch halfway up, and then you start moving at that point. And I was like, I was kind of taken aback at first because I was, like, surprised the car goes on its own without you pressing the accelerator at all. Yeah. Um, So, and then you have to, like, when you get to that, like, that biting point, you have to then, like, slowly come off the clutch as well. So you, like, press it down really quickly to then change gear like you just slam it down and then change gear but then when you come off it you have to come off it really smoothly otherwise the car goes all like juddery or or like you might stall and also you have to like if you're on like a hill so hill starts are like they're tough because you have to like you have to find the biting point and then you like come off the brake and hit the accelerator and then afterwards like you have to give it some revs and then you have to come off the clutch otherwise because if you try to get like the car moving up the hill on the clutch alone, which you can do on like flat ground, try to do it when it's on a hill, it will just stall. It just like, won't, or you just won't go basically. So you, you have to like, you have to do this sequence of like being, you know, it's like, a <laughs> this is cringe, but it, you know, it's like IRL like quick time event, you know, like you have yeah, to, dude. Like, you have to like come off the brake, give it revs. And then like very, very smoothly come off the clutch and you have to do that very, very quickly. And eventually, like, the first time I was doing it, and I still find it tricky, but the first couple of times I was doing it, I had to be so focused on it. And it's really difficult when you're focused on, like, your, what you're doing with your feet and your arm and gear, because you you also have to make observations, obviously. Like, you know, is there a child about to run in front of the car? That kind of thing. Like, you you have to check your mirrors and your blind spots and, and know you're, like, safe to set off. So... The first time it was really tough because you're so like you have to be so focused on the the like actions that you're doing and the observations that it's tough but eventually you build this muscle memory where like you can just you can basically just focus on the observations and like your legs and your hands will just do everything automatically essentially like you you know you just do it like you're walking or riding a bike or something yeah it's really cool i really enjoy it and yeah, I think that's given me, you know, I mentioned earlier that, like, like, that's something where you can really, like, like, in comparison to, I don't know, video games or TV, it's, like, that's something where it's it's very easy to immerse yourself. Partly because you're, like, given I'm, I'm just learning to drive, I'm, like, terrified half the time that I'm, like, I'm getting more confident now, but, you know, you're just, like, oh, shit, like, a lot of the time as well, Uh, I get taken to roads that I'm unfamiliar with and you just have like these blind corners or blind like junctions where you have to like creep out slowly or like you're on a hill and you just can't see shit and there's just like parked cars on like either side of the road. I had this area where like it was really like bendy and the roads were really twisty and then also there's like this I don't know like ancient looking wall that just like judders out into the road and you're like, what the fuck? Like this is a nightmare, but it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. So that's, that's been good in terms of a uh, chronology of, of what I've been playing. I guess I feel like I wanted to put more emphasis on all the stuff I just mentioned, because I feel like with that, I'm really passionate about it. And I think that comes across in how I'm talking about it. Um, whereas the other stuff I've been playing on Xbox is like my typical, I guess, gaming on, on console and getting achievements. Like it's, it's been much less exciting and interesting to me. So I kept playing Ghostwire Tokyo. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, it's kind of like the worst type of game. If you, if you are having trouble and you want to be fully immersed because that game is like the perfect, like You don't have to focus game like that's a game where you can have a podcast or uh, do something else in the background uh, while playing. And it's not terrible. I think I said it was pretty mid before I I stand by that. I think I don't think there's much wrong with it. Like it's it's fine. I think maybe some of the disappointment is that the evil within and and hi-fi rush are, are so much more compelling and so much more vibrant and interesting. And I think there's still like soul in ghostwire tokyo i don't think it's like completely devoid of character or things to like about it i think there's a lot to like about it and i think it's quite like it's it's very very competent and there's not a lot like wrong with it i just think maybe there's too much game there i think it's a bit too repetitive it's a bit too checklisty but it's fine like it's pretty inoffensive it has charm but it's, it's come at, like, the worst time, I think, because of how I feel like I need to be immersed and I need to have some level of focus. Afterwards, I started playing uh, The Surge. The Surge 2, I love. I think it's really underrated. I think it's a fantastic game. Uh, I got the completion in that game. Uh, there was a really great walkthrough for, like, all the items and everything. It was super informative. Uh, I think it's from a YouTuber called... Uh, blue lizard jello so yeah recommend his stuff on the surge i've been watching it while playing for the first game because he has a a series on that as well Uh, but the first game isn't anywhere near as good it's weird because the first game and the second game are so similar like i don't know visually mechanically the second game is like just the first game but like very slightly tweaked and the encounter design is very slightly different but it really shows how sometimes when you make like really small tweaks to a game, you can send it from like a five or a six to like an eight or a nine. Like sometimes it's sometimes you've like it's frustrating in that the first surge kind of has like there's clearly so much design work and effort put into it to like make this thing, but it like makes this thing that is I don't know like three quarters good i guess or like three quarters fully functional like i I don't know and then you kind of have the sequel that just does such minor things that you think would take so much less effort but it's it's curated and it's got like a really amazing i don't know like designer's eye to it it's like what if we did this but we took the criticisms and we changed this slightly and we like address these problems like we've got all the core of the game but we we just have to make sure maybe i don't know what they did maybe they play tested the fuck out of the sequel or something or (laughs) um just like like as in we're just like okay like maybe they were more self-critical like they'd make a section and then they'd be like okay this isn't fun like we need to change it and then they change it and then they play it and then they go okay this still isn't quite there let's change it like i find this a lot with souls likes as well because i think I think people are like, okay, we want, you know, punishing combat. We want, uh, you know, RPG mechanics. We want different builds. Uh, we want this obscure, uh, story. We want, you know, bonfires and checkpoints and they put in all of those things and they're like, Oh, it looks great. You know, it, it feels great. Maybe, it even, maybe the combat even feels good or you know, not always that kind of thing. But then they're kind of like, Oh, and then we need punishing difficulty. So we're just going to like put fucking loads of enemies in like, uh, whatever and then like it falls apart because it's like you've okay you've like you've done all of this but then you forget that or maybe don't even notice that what fromsoft do not all the time successfully but most of the time is they are very deliberate about their encounter design and where they put enemies and why they put them there and what it's supposed to teach you and what it's supposed to test you on and you know those thoughts clearly go into the design of those games like they they put enemies in places for specific reasons beyond just like oh this would be a cool enemy to fight or oh this is going to be really difficult you know like they they're not thinking about it in that way and i think people who try to copy them seem to miss that or maybe they don't miss it but they find it like really difficult to sort of get that final that final like ingredient in and the surge has that issue the yeah, the encounters feel quite repetitive. It feels like they just... Dark Souls 2 is actually ridiculed for this. Somewhat fairly, somewhat unfairly. Because I think that, that game does a lot of things right, but it is probably the weakest in the series. Um, where they kind of just throw loads of enemies at you and they just have like enemies that ambush you and, and that kind of thing. Um, and they rely on it too much. It's... A lot of the weapons feel similar and it feels like you're not given good options against multiple foes at once. Some of the environments kind of blur together as well. It's all this like industrial aesthetic, uh, which I, I like, but it's you're going to like different zones, but they, they kind of feel a bit interchangeable, which is a shame. And then I was going to say something else, but the bosses aren't great and you get the sense that they had like a good premise but they didn't really fully know how to capitalize on it you know unquestionably like when you play it perhaps because of the environments and the encounter design and the types of enemy they they put in the game you get this sense that you're like not that they're not even trying but that there's no comparison like if you if you compared it to dark souls like I feel like there's not going to be a single person on earth who's like, Oh yeah, the surge is is better. I mean, I'm sure now that like, now that I've said that, if someone's determined enough, they'll, they'll, they'll get back to me on, on why the surge is actually better, but it's just so hard to see why anyone could ever think that. And I think that is kind of, I don't know, like even in terms of like the world or like the art direction or the mechanic, like anything it's, It's so much worse, which is a shame because I feel like it's not as bad as people say as well. And the second one is truly great. So I feel kind of mixed on it. Uh, It's definitely mid and it sucked me in a bit because the difficulty and my love for the second game has like kept me going with it. But I stopped playing it for a bit. It's been kind of hard to come back. I feel like I'm never like passionate about finding new weapons or anything, really, or like new armor sets. Like none of it excites me enough. But yeah, do do you have any uh, comments on that? I'm not done with with games, but
0: no. Do you feel like so in your end result? Do you feel like it's kind of mid, or do you are you like it's more on the upper, like on, it's more on the good side, or like I how do you? Know. I mean,
1: I feel similar, kind of similarly to how I feel about ghostwire i guess like where it's fine like yeah because
0: i was in the same boat with ghostwire i I thought it was extremely stylish but it kind of just left a lot more to be desired because it was it it was just the same thing for many hours at the end
1: i'm not sure if my like given that i'm finding it so hard to get into games it makes me wonder if maybe my standards are getting higher i don't know if that's fair to say but like like in other words maybe not Like, one way of looking at it could be standards getting higher. Another way of looking at it could be, like, unrealistic expectations or maybe um, even being unfair, some people might think. But the way I feel about it is that a lot of the time in a game now, I feel like I want to take something away from it with me. And I don't want it to kind of blur together and just be like, okay, this was a cool, well, not even cool, but this was like a Ubisoft experience like i don't know like i i feel like with ghostwire and the, the surge it's like for the surge i'm like just play the surge too like don't play the surge play you know first well first of all play every single soulsborne game uh then play the surge too and then don't play the surge is kind of how i feel and maybe it's oh. it's unfair because the game's fine and then with ghostwire it's like there's better open world checklist collectathon games and Ghostwire is fine, like it's a decent one. Like I don't think I think if you play it, I don't think you'll be like upset. But I think if I ever do get all the achievements in Ghostwire and, and go away from it, I don't think I will remember much from it. I don't think I'll look back on it like very happily. You know, and in contrast something like the evil within I'll never forget playing Akumu mode. And I'll never forget, you know, the uh the spooky safe uh safe man. And uh <laughs> I'll never forget that fucking shootout in that house that's uh Oh my ridiculous. god, the burning house? Yeah, yeah, with these. Oh my balls. god. No, I'm um, never gonna forget that. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many of those moments, right, that I won't forget from the evil within. And Again, I don't know maybe it is to some extent unfair to be like I want it, I want it something I want lots of things that I can take with me from this experience and think back like fondly or even with frustration. like ultimately I just want the game to make me feel something and the game doesn't really make me feel much and that's the same with the surge. So yeah, by that definition, I think it, they're both very mid to me. Um, yeah a game that actually defies this though. I played Amnesia the Bunker oh. and I played Ooh. it um, while a friend was around and I found it really, really difficult. I found it very atmospheric and I was actually enjoying it quite a lot. I got kind of stuck and I got stuck to the point where it was like slightly frustrating and also slightly awkward. Cause it was like, you know, you're with a friend. So you're like, okay, we should like play something else, I guess. And, and you, so you don't have to watch me, Die and then you take the controller and then you die and you know like we don't have to you know just do do the same thing over and over that kind of thing so yeah i'd like to go back to it i actually don't think this game is mid i think this game's worth playing like Ooh. without a doubt i think it's a really interesting game it's quite difficult i think there's some stuff where the the low budget shows and maybe that kind of breaks your immersion a little But it's very, very claustrophobic. The audio design is fantastic. Uh, You get, like, all of these people. Some people have been calling it an immersive sim. I think that's way too strong for what it is. I think it's more that you, like, you'll get lots of these uh, resources and how you use them won't be, like, very clear, which I think is uncommon in modern games like i think i mean i feel like um i feel like a lot of high budget like triple a or, or quadruple a like the highest production value games you know there's there's almost like the meme of like you pick up an item and then like a big fucking text box comes up on the screen and it's like oh you can use you can use this for this and, and this and this and then it like and then they play like a video on you like a video comes up on your screen and it like shows like your character, like throw in the Molotov cocktail or something. Like you pick up a Molotov and he gives you a text box on like what a Molotov is, like the history of the Molotov, how to use a Molotov. And they'll show you like a video of like a a guy throwing the Molotov, Uh, like, and it'll be like, Oh, use it in like, use it against like against rats, use it against this, use it against enemy. Like, like it'll like tell you everything you use it against. And then it feels like you're never like making a decision that you don't really have agency. And, and, That's fine. Like it works, but then to uh, remove a lot of that and to give you like, give you a bunch of stuff and then give you like minimal input on how you should use it. It makes you feel more like you're a survivor and it amplifies the horror experience because you're like, oh, I've got these resources and maybe this is the right thing to use maybe it's the wrong thing to use maybe if i use it now i'll regret it later and because nothing's scripted like in terms of you know like it it will let you like waste resources like it'll just it'll let you like fuck yourself over and it'll be like haha you, you you've fucked it now like it'll just it'll just let you do that that it makes everything feel more tense and like you have to be actually resourceful you know games tend to like to make you feel like you're resourceful, but they're they're never actually letting you be resourceful. They're just like... They're they're kind of guiding you by the hand more and more. So it's really refreshing in terms of that, and I appreciate that a lot, and it also makes the experience so much more tense. And yeah, it's really good. I wish I played more of it. I should go back to it. It was easily worth my time i I actually felt myself even playing it with a friend really really tense and one of those horror experiences that i've not had in a long time where you're like scared to move forward you know what i mean like you're oh yeah i know that you like you have to go down this corridor and you can like hear the monster down the corridor and you like there's only one way to like, you have to go down the corridor. Like there's maybe like a door on the left, a door on the right. And then like a door, like a second door on the left or something like, and and you can like go there, but you're like somewhere down here that the monster is it's in one of the doors or it's like at the end of the hallway or something. And you're just like, I don't want to go down. there. I don't want to go down there. And you just like, and it's like physically hard for you to like push the analog stick. Um, And then the sound design you hear, like, like your footsteps because you're in like a bunker underground. It just like right. echoes everywhere, and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" I I had those feelings while playing. So that to me is a complete success because you know I'm I'm finding it hard to get emotionally invested in games at the moment, and also I'm very very experienced with horror games, and you know I'm sort of jaded in terms of that. Like I, you know, like oh, I've seen you know you know I, I think we often get these this feeling that. We've kind of seen it all before at this point because we've played games for so many years. And, you know, when, when you're a kid and you play games, everything is so new to you. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did it. Like every, everything feels like a, a new discovery. And then the more games you play, the less frequent that feeling is. So yeah, for it to give me those feelings, I think is a an incredible accomplishment. The last thing I've been playing is Star Wars Episode One Racer. Uh, again my friend was a- around and uh he'd played it as a child on like ps1 and i hadn't played it uh it's okay i feel like it doesn't really hold up that well it gets repetitive quickly you like play it for a bit and you're like okay this is fine and then you're like okay this yeah i i felt like it had a lot of charm to it but i think if i'd played it in my childhood i'd care about it a lot more than i do but it's it's decent it's okay there's there's not much wrong with it you know you you do pod racing uh the tracks are a little boring the tracks are a little easy as well i'd say just in terms of like the terrain and the obstacles but yeah decent fun probably like one of the best movie tie-in games as well i assume but yeah so that that's been it for me very nice
0: dude you had like a lot of cool stuff in there and stuff that we've uh, that like we both played and and you were talking about like being stuck. And I, I was trying to really think like in terms of horror where it's like, you can't push to go forward. And it's like, maybe, uh, maybe shadows of Rose might've been the last time. But before that it was the first outlast game, man, just there's like this part where you're like deep in the game, like deep underground. And there's, it's like, like a flooded basement almost. And you can hear, like a a monster like splashing around and you're like I don't want to move cuz he'll hear me splashing around. Yeah. And it's just like oh it's so, it was like so hard
1: to move. Like that was yeah. such a story. Yeah, I like kind of put th- it
0: down. There was
1: a so I'll say with Shadows of Rose. There was definitely, you know, the section with the dolls. Yes. Um that was definitely spooky for me and it did get me like a little for sure. Um but I would say generally like Shadows of Rose it was like everything was like fine, like la la la, everything's fine. And then that section, I'm like, ooh, this is like, it this, was... fuck me, this is fucked me up a little. But then yeah. everything else was fine. Whereas with Amnesia, the bunker, I kind of feel like, you know, it's like the doll section, but it's like, that's like everything, if that makes sense. Like that's how right. you feel the whole time, if not a bit even more intensely. And then with, with Outlast as well, yeah, that that section, when you do that game on insane without reloading camera batteries, you have to do so many sections just like in pitch black. And I remember I did, I did use like a guide, which helped, but you kind of just like have to have, but you can't see shit in the video. And then, so you just have to like, hope you are just like going the right direction and not just going to run head first into the monster basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love those.
0: There's another horror game that I want to try out. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Madison. And I think that's one that could, that could yeah. mess yeah, me I've up of too. I guess I'm going to start back with my first game and I will uh, I'll just go through it quickly, but I I played uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor and I mentioned that earlier, but the thing about it is like I really loved what they did with this game like over like Fallen Order. They they just took everything and improved it. So they like took the criticisms and they were like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to like just take this game and make it literally two times better like it is just in scope There's stances now so like you can change the way you like hold your lightsaber like from dual wielding to like like a, a cross guard like you can just do the single blade or like the double bladed. like you just have so many stances and it's really cool to like switch back and forth and you have different abilities based on like how you're building the skill trees for each one of those and i was like i was like it feels so good to play this game like it was it's very it's very good that it has an awesome narrative but it's also awesome to have an open world where you don't feel like tired of exploring because you enjoy the combat. You enjoy like, like just exploring and seeing like what the world has to offer. And there was a lot of really fun, cool boss fights. And, you know, I was raging and it was, it was just such a good time for me. And I was really happy to, uh, be back in it. And so, Like I said, I was just chipping away through it and it was like nights I would have really good times and then there would be nights where I was like half in, half out. And so I just had to like put it down, come back at a different time. And eventually I did platinum that and I think it was 255. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then I did Oxenfree 2 and that was 256. And there's not really much I can say about that game. It's just dialogue choices and like just a lot of character development and like you just kind of just get to know the characters in this, you know, uh, like horror mystery kind of, kind of game. And it has like three endings and it was, it was just a great time. Like I knew what I was getting into cause I played the first one. So I knew it was just like very much. It's just horror mystery. And if you like that, just get in there and play it. Cause it is so cool. Like the lore and like the way that it's presented, it's beautiful. It looks like hand, like it's looks like painting it paintings all over the environment. And it's just like, so good. But uh I really did love that game. And then Final Fantasy 16, I have been playing a boatload. Dude, I probably have like 80 or 90 hours, which is probably why I haven't played very many games because this game is very long. But I'm on my second playthrough. I'm at the I'm at the very end and I know I am. And I have to max out my skill tree and beat it on the hardest difficulty and that's it for Final Fantasy. But like this game does like it's very good at staying linear with like semi open world areas and they allow you to like go do things and the combat is so good that you like want to experiment try different skills like just do a whole bunch of different stuff and I'm like I was never bored with it and I'm never I'm not even bored on my second playthrough like it's it's very impressive for me that they were able to do this with this game but I still do have problems with it. Like it's the, the side quests are very well written. Like I really do enjoy them, but on my second playthrough, I have been skipping it, skipping the dialogue because it's such it. Like all the scenes are so static that it's just an NPC standing there telling you to go get them something. And then you go get them something. And I don't like that, but it's like really well written. So it's like, Oh, this character is asking me to do this because you know, they love someone, but that person's suffering. So that like that person is going to die. And so, They want to ease their passing and it's like that's like good writing and like it kind of makes you feel for like what's going on but it's just like so static. Everything's so static. There's like no movements you know like I wish I wish the games. The thing is like uh, I was talking about Baldur's Gate and I've been seeing a little bit of footage and it's like impressive as hell to me how well and like lively it looks whenever there's an npc who's talking to you and they're fac- like good facial animations and they're moving they have body language you know they might not sit still in the spot and like just arms down to the side i'm talking to you right now like this is all i'm gonna do and like i really get more immersed in games when it feels like the npc like is not just a freaking Standing still, like NPC, it just is so static, and I just can't do that. And I, I've mentioned it on this podcast many times before, it's just one of my hangups. And it's just like, so I skip, I'm skipping all of them, just trying to get as many skill points as I can and like busting through it. But I'm getting ready, I'm ready for Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty in four days. But one of the games that I've been playing quite a bit with a buddy of mine is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and it's so much better than three already. Like, the writing is better. Well, it's hard to say that because three improved the base game sucked the writing was terrible it was not good but the combat and the like mobility and the guns and all that stuff was fun it just it was so bogged down by the writing that it was like hard to play because it was just cringe all the time but this is basically three with improvements like uh tiny Tina's is wonderlands is borderlands three with improvements and it's like the story is much better the writing is much better like the the DLCs in Borderlands 3, the writing got much, much better and it became a much better game. But I don't know how many people even played the DLC because they were probably hard out after the main game because it was so poorly written and like so bad. But it's almost like maybe they had a team of writers that wrote the base game and they were like fired all of them and like had new writers write all of the expansions because the expansions got so much better. And it's just like that continued into Tiny Tina's Wonderland. So I've been laughing at like the jokes, you know, I've been like, I pay attention to the dialogue. I'm picking up the audio recordings because it's like just fun to hear. It's almost like the actors do improv almost, like where they just kind of just shoot the shit with each other. And it's kind of fun to listen to. Sometimes it does get cringe. It's not very funny sometimes. Like it just happens. It's just Borderlands. But well, not Borderlands anymore. It's has off Wonderland. But I really am enjoying the game. I'm probably going to trophy hunt it because... This it's just like fun with these games. You know, you just do a story mission, you get a bunch of side quests, you go kill bosses, you get new loot, you kind of just get in that cycle of just kind of doing that. And like, I'm, I'm excited to just keep playing it. But uh I also am going to start, there's another game that my friend wants me to play. And it's kind of the same situation that you were talking about, where I haven't played Remnant of the Ashes, the first one, but I think I'm going to pick up this Remnant of this remnant 2 game. He said that the co-op is so good
1: and okay. like I played the uh played the first one? You did. Couldn't did you get like it? Super into it. Uh okay. it was good. I felt like the uh I felt like the procedural generation of the worlds made it less interesting than it could be. But I haven't played enough of it. I probably only played about 3 hours maybe. So okay. I need to go back to it. everything else about it was was fine but it was like you know at the start of these types of games where you have like no loot and no gear and no like weapons so you kind of like a lot of these games have this problem where the combat is kind of the least satisfying it will be right at the start and then it like gets more and more interesting and more and more satisfying Um, I wonder if there's like a way to fix that because it it seems like that's a problem to me. I, I think, I don't know, I guess like deferred enjoyment or like delayed satisfaction can be like a good principle, like sometimes in in game design, but I don't know. I feel like I felt like the combat was okay, but the environments were letting it down a bit, but it, it was fun. It was like, pretty good i i'd need to play more
0: yeah my my friend is just like he's been playing remnant 2 for like a week or two and he's like the co-op is just so much fun he's like dude we haven't played a game together in several years he's like let's do it with this one because he's like i think you'll love it he he just is like so into it and so i'm like dude you know what let's freaking do it i haven't played games with you in so long and like it's a great time to just like catch up and shoot the shit and like just have fun with this game so I don't know if I'm going to trophy hunt it, but it's one of the because it's actually being being patched a whole lot. I I was I'm in a like a platinum hunting discord and like I talked about it and I guess if you started the game in co-op, there's like a bunch of trophies that just don't pop. And so you kind of like have splotchy trophy list and they're like missable. They're not they they're missable in the way that like once you've done that action, like beat that boss or whatever, it's done like you can't go get it. You can't just go grind it and get it again. But they patched all that stuff. So if there's like no problems with the trophies, maybe I'll go get for go for the platinum. But I'm just like going to just enjoy this time with my friend because I'm going to be so deep in school that it's like I got to just maximize my time for playing these games the way that I need to. I'm definitely going to go for all the trophies on Cyber uh, Phantom Liberty. But it's it's again, I'm going to go back. So I'm I'm going to jump off of Remnant now because that that is something that I plan to play pretty soon. But going back to Callisto Protocol, That's a game that's going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. Like it's, there's just so much to play that's coming up and it might just be like a back burner game, like something that I put on at nighttime when there's, when I don't have anything else to play, like just like immerse myself in it because honestly, dude, the environments and like the story and everything looks so damn good in that game, like really freaking pretty, but I just need to like, I, I like to just sit down and enjoy that story just absorb it but I don't know how I just the game's boring to me I don't know it's not the story that's boring it's the gameplay like holding left hitting or just tapping R2 to like hit things and stuff so I don't know we'll see how it goes with that game but it's going to be a back game where it's just I might not it'll take me months to platinum that or to even like maybe even beat it but yeah that's pretty much all I have for right now
1: but uh nice uh do you have any any final thoughts no. Uh, do you have an uh, Achievement of the Week? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you go first. I gotta look mine up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, mine is actually to talk about a game for having a terrible list. Um thought it'd be fun to do this. Ooh. I saw this article on True Achievements today. Um, it's talking about, there's this game called uh, Age of Solitaire. Build Civilization. Um, and it has a nightmarish achievement list. Um, so like really bad. Like, you'd need to absolutely love building civilization or solitaire, presumably, uh, to play this. I actually don't even give a fuck about what this game is, to be honest. I see solitaire <laughs> and I don't care anymore. But I'm I'm not a big, a big solitaire guy. But yeah, it has like one of the like laziest and most difficult lists. Uh so for the thousand gamer score, you gotta. We should we should maybe link the article in the in the description because I I feel bad that I've kind of just like taken it, I guess. But um, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. So, yeah, you've got to play 100,000 games. You've got to win 10,000 games in a row. Oh, my God. You've got to play 10,000 hours. Um, (laughs) Bro. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous achievement list. Like one of the dumbest things i've ever seen and it reminds me of like the old 360 games where they'd um like ghost recon and stuff where it'd be like oh you've got to be number one on the global leaderboard or something like just when people didn't even understand achievements and just made like a idiotic list completely but what's worse than having a ridiculous list is that one of the achievements is completely unobtainable. So uh, not only did they implement a just complete ludicrous insanity list, but when you do some of the requirements, the achievements don't even unlock. So imagine dedicating all that time and all that effort to this game, and then the achievement doesn't even fucking unlock. So... There's a guy who has played over uh, ten thousand games, and they haven't got the achievement for that, and they can't, they can't get the achievement. So, Jesus, yeah. uh, fuck right this game. That's my achievement of the week. Uh, great article, <laughs> uh, recommend it. I'll uh, we'll, we'll link it in the description. It's by um, it's by Sean uh, Carey, 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 probably Carey, probably um, Carey, yeah. Yeah, just a, a ridiculous list. I couldn't believe like it's it's kind of two stories in one because not only is the list so bad, but then you also can't even get one of the achievements, and people haven't done the requirements for the others. So loads of them could be broken potentially, and I can like you would have to like God, you must like if you if the game's like maybe the game is really good, the game could be really good, and maybe you love like what the game's doing. Like, I don't think there's really like many, like, it's not like a big market. Like, I feel like it's, if you're into this game, I feel like you'll be really into it. So, you know, if you love it for the game, then I get going for the achievements, but otherwise this game, it's like that, that's crazy to me to, to go for those achievements and then for them to potentially not even be possible. Yeah. Really bad.
0: Oh, that's in, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Someone's got to get on that. Like, who, whose idea was it to make that kind of list? I don't know. That, that's, I wonder if they got fired. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, my, my trophy of the week is, uh, it's from Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. And I liked this. It was actually from, these things that you pick up you just the very first one you get it's pick up a a lore scroll and the name of the trophy is they haven't invented podcasts yet (laughs) and i thought that that was like really clever and fun because they've done so many audio logs and like things like that so it was like it was a pretty fun trophy and i was like oh that's fun for our podcast so i went and chose that one but yeah that's my trophy of the week and do you have any final thoughts aj
1: no it's been it's been really good to be back um i felt bad that it had been so long i did um, too but i did too yeah it's really fun to catch up i think it kind of like we both were very busy but also we haven't played games too much so i think if we i think it would be a much worse show if we like forced an episode and we like like especially if we did it like weekly at, at this point like yeah like, dude we started out would that be way some w- just, there no. would be some weeks where i genuinely would have like nothing to talk about like nothing at all so i think this has been really nice and i i really want to make more when i get time and um yeah it's it's awesome to be back and talk about games and yeah it's just flown by completely as well it's been it's been so good yeah
0: well that's it thanks for listening peace out happy hunting see you thank you so much for listening to complete edition if you like the content, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash completion club. If you have any questions or would like to reach us, email completionclub at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Complete Edition.